why do you think you were called to do this? Um, yeah, that's a tough question, buddy. Think about that a moment. A, that's it, is a, it, it is a tough question, but there's too many answers to it. I will say the pattern in my life that everything was around me that led up to this, all the programs were at different stages of my life. And everywhere I was, I was put in front of that. Is it, is it coincidence? Is it faith-based? Um, me personally, it had to have been faith-based. Had to have been. There is no way that we keep going like we do and we go extreme, you know, have a little bit of money to no money. And as soon as we feel like we're going to close the doors, a magical happens. We end up with more money to do the program. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Though the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. It's, it's an old conversation that we shouldn't still be having today at this day and age, people. But it's something that it comes up. And, you know, are we taking care of our vets after they come back from overseas? And, uh, you know, when you think of the special person that a veteran is and, and who they are, Kevin, I mean, it's, um, it, it's interesting. But are we doing the job that we need to do to really take care of vets? When you consider the suicide rate, you consider the plight of veterans, the homelessness, and God knows everything else that's going on, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that are trying to help, but I think in general, um, you know, I think people are ignoring the problem. Like a lot of things is, you know, when a, it's even like with the hurricane that's happened today, mm -hmm. you know, the hurricanes hit, and for those people who are ineffective, unaffected, it's like we go on with our daily lives as though nothing has happened at all. That's a great point. Uh, you know, you kind of push it under the carpet and you forget about it, Kevin, you know? Uh, that's what happens, right? That's a reality. Well, that's <laughs> it is a reality, but there's lots of people out there and lots of organizations that don't do that. They actually immediately jump in, uh, get into action, and, and help people immediately. I mean, even if you looked on the television, the next day you had just people coming from all parts of the United States with their trucks and their boats to go out there and, and, and help. They just showed up, and they'd have interviews on the television saying, why are you here? He says, I'm just here to help because that's what I do. Right. You know, there's something special about the people you're talking about right there, Kevin. You just nailed it, too. Because there's something, I use the word patriot a lot, Kevin. You know, patriot, he's a patriot, she's a patriot, you know, somebody like that. And there's something about the call to service. I see this in law enforcement. I see this in our military. I see this in patriots everywhere. When there's a need, these people step up and they want to help. They want to get, you know, they want to get the tough job done. They want to help people. And that's who we have on today. We have a special gentleman here today on the brink of greatness, friends. Andy Ladner is with us here as Kevin and I do uh, kind of set this up for you here a little bit and talk about Andy. And 
Andy, I want to get right to the point of the what I call the brink of greatness. And uh, I, I know there's an organization you have founded called U.S. Veterans Corps. And we want to talk about that and a whole lot more. And we have a lot to discuss here over the next hour, including, well, some of you folks out of the Carolina area, too, the, the plight of so many in the uh, Hurricane uh, Florence there. We'll, we'll touch on that because this organization and Andy are central to some of the things that are going on there as well. But Andy, welcome to the brink of greatness. And I want to I want to bring it right to the point and ask you the point of impact. When when did you realize you needed to start this organization? What was the point or the moment where you just were, I guess, overwhelmed with the need out there or the cause? And you said, I, I got to get involved. I got to do something. Well, bring us to that moment, please. I was I was out of the military already working for the Home Builders Association of Raleigh Way County, which is a big not homeowners, but home builders, mm-hmm. one of the largest ones in the nation. And we were doing a habitat and um, extreme makeover for many years. And we asked the question, why aren't we doing this for our own people? We decided to try one house. Well, when everybody found out the guys that have done all these other projects and uh, disaster relief were going to do their own home, you would not believe the outpouring of the community. When we finished the first house, when we delivered the keys, and this is over-the-top military ceremony, we are watching helicopters fly away, and two of us were sitting on the back of the truck. And it was just a lot of this, you know, many months to make this thing happen. And I said, there's got to be just more than this. We've been doing disaster relief for years and food and toys and all these things. We need to make this into a legal organization because it's more than just one home. And that's kind of the moment. Sitting on the back of that after we'd already done something really large. What year was that, Andy? That was in 2008. Okay. So even in 2008, this has been 10 years. We've been doing stuff for more than 20 years. But this is the point where you you realized. I like the way you put that. I mean, think about that. We were on the back of the truck with the helicopters above flying away, and you just finished this major project, and this was back in 08. And then you realize that we can do something more with this. We got to do something more with this. So there kind of was a need there, and you thought you had to jump in and do something about it. What's happened in the last ten years now? Because that's been ten years. Uh, so I mean, since you created this organization, you and and so you found it. Did you find it with was there another founder as well, or yourself? Or? Well, I'm the I'm the main guy that created all the programs. But you always have to have three when you create a five one c three. And it was guys I was stationed with. Cool. Um, at Fort Bragg was my last duty station. We were all paratroopers out of an engineer unit, mm-hmm. jump out of planes and, you know, build it, blow it up. <laughs> right. And we decided to create these programs. And, and, and which was, again, the catalyst for this whole thing. So uh, so let's let's bring it forward now. And Kevin, when you and I started talking, we were talking about you were saying some of the remarkable things Andy is doing out there. You've always been very impressed and you've known him. Uh, but there's something going on right now, and I, I want to get right to the core of that, which is Hurricane Florence. What's tell us what your involvement is with this organization and you personally? For, are you out in that area? Is that what's happening? Yeah. So we're known for going all the way back to Hurricane Andrew. Everyone know knew us for that, wow. and doing all these big building projects. So the difference between all the ones we've done since then, Hurricane. Sandy, Katrina, uh, all the ones in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, you name it. Normally, we build up for an entire week in the North Carolina area and then go to one location, set up, hand out supplies, cook, do whatever we can for projects in the area. 
this one, because it's in our own backyard, out of the Raleigh, North Carolina area, wow. is where our office is. Um, we've had to set up in the parking lot of basically right outside of a shopping center with mobile units, cargo trailers that have our logo, in other words. Mobile units, big tents, and supplies just keep coming in, and it turns into a kitty carpool of everyone dropping off. And then we send guys out all over the place, depending on where the need is. And you would say, well, how do you get these missions, and how do you find You'd be surprised because we've been doing this for so long and we have connections to military, fire, police, government that they constantly call us. We've had to help the military, other nonprofits, nonprofits and government agencies. You'd be really surprised that we're actually a, considered a small nonprofit, but we have done so many big things. We have two Guinness Book of World Records. We've done every major disaster relief all the way back to Hurricane Andrew. And we've never really said no is why we keep going, <laughs> why we've been able to do this. Yeah. So this one being right in your backyard, this was a little more, I guess I might say, this was a little more personal then? Yes, it was, because this is the first time um, with all of our guys that are here, all of our volunteers, all of our veterans, it affected their family members, their units, wow. uh, in businesses, anything you can imagine, it affected them. So imagine if you, you know the active duty guy, you got Fort Bragg. So people realize the area we're in. We're surrounded by Fort Bragg, which is Army, mm-hmm. Camp Lejeune, which is Marine, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, which is the Air Force. And there's a lot of other Coast Guard, you name it, around. Now, you know, okay, they're going to make things happen. They're going to do something. Imagine the National Guard guy that gets activated and goes out for disaster relief, but that National Guard guy works at a job or owns his own business. And he has to leave his family, but oh wait, is it flooded in my own house, but I'm supposed to be activated. Hmm. That, that That's an odd situation where you have the National Guard and first responders that get stuck in these situations where they're supposed to go out, but it's affected their own immediate family and their extended family. Yeah, so what do they do in that case? I've seen those kinds of situations, and, and it, it is a head turner, and I've, I've seen that happen in Texas, in fact with some of the cats that uh, they were personally impacted, but then they had to go out and do it. So that's got to be a tough haul. In many cases, they're leaving their own families, right? Yes, and, and these families are tough. They're used to, you know, war deployments and disaster relief deployments. So they, they know what the job is. So what happens, they usually go to other areas. The guy goes on duty, and believe it or not, it's everything from nonprofits and churches that actually go in to help these first responders and National Guard um, to try to make their living conditions better by the time they even get back off duty. Yeah. Let's let's stay on Florence a, a minute here, Hurricane Florence. Um, how devastating. I, I, I just saw, since we're on this a minute here, let's stay on this a moment. I don't know that everybody gets the full impact. Uh, this storm is was a serious storm. I mean, they talked about it for probably about 10 days before it actually hit. But the flooding is catastrophic, and the damage there is unimaginable. I mean, my guess is, and I don't know the answer to this really, and I don't know how far this is from where you are, Kevin. I know you're in the North Carolina area as well. Maybe you let us know how close you are to that. But I'm wondering, like, will this area ever be the same again? And I mean, this is going to take a lot uh, for this uh, area to bounce back, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. It's 
you, you got to realize that most people worry about when they see the news, they see these numbers, category one, two, three, four. Exactly. You, you can ignore that. These, these are rivers, lakes, ocean, inlets, anything you imagine. Mm -hmm. The flooding is what got everybody. And it is still flooding now. There's still evacuations now. And even though the, maybe the national news hasn't done it so much, uh, has maybe moved on, mm -hmm. they don't realize that these rivers are cresting again. Exactly. And there's a possibility of flooding again even by tomorrow. Yeah. You know, uh, when that happened before in New Orleans uh, with Katrina, uh, you might remember, a lot of people left the New Orleans area, and actually Houston got a whole bunch of people. And it actually changed the population, and it changed the uh, the, the New Orleans area for forever. I mean, a lot of people never returned. They stay out in Houston or, they, or whatever area of the country. I mean, Houston just happened to get a lot of them, but in other areas of the country— and so it, it absolutely changes the geography of a, a major storm like that, if you will. It changes the complete geography of, a, um, of an area like that. Kevin, how close are you, where you live, to the, uh, the severe damage in um, mile-wise in, in that area? Well, we're roughly, I'm right next to Andy. I mean, Andy's operation is probably five to ten minute drive from my house. And so we're from Wilmington. I think it's a two-hour drive if there wasn't any uh, uh, traffic or any flooding where you couldn't get through. Um, it's actually also affected uh, uh, Fayetteville, which is about 45-minute drive from here. I know that other uh, group has come, uh, Tyson's Foods. It just happens that my wife is friends with somebody who's part of the Tyson's Food Company that comes and feeds people. Mm -hmm. And they've actually gone to Fayetteville to help feed. And it took like them two and a half hours to get back to near Cary, North Carolina, when it typically takes 45 minutes just to drive. So it's just, uh, you know, that bad, not only in Wilmington, which was closest to the storm, but uh, as well as in Fayetteville, where there was a lot of flooding. There was even a coworker of mine who they, she kept asking her mother, and a dad to come to uh, to Raleigh just to be safe, and they decided to stay. And they said the floodwaters. It was the flooding, like Andy said, that just came up to about a block from where they lived, and then stopped. So they were fortunate, but pretty much were stuck because they couldn't get away, or you know, get out to say get food or anything of, of that nature. So it is. I mean, it's like Andy saying it's the flooding that's really just destroying properties. You know, and, the and storm. people's lives. <laughs> exactly, because the storm, you know, like mm. Andy said, it only arrived, I think, as a Category 1 when it hit. Yeah. But it was all the rain that just stayed. Like in Houston, remember the rain and just sat around there for yeah. days and days and days. Well, the same thing when Hurricane uh, Florence came. It was only moving at like five miles an hour and just yeah. kind of sat there. So I was watching, uh, you know, on your website and the videos that you're putting on there. And it looks like people were coming to your operation and donating. Was it were they donating lots of lots of water? It seemed like lots of water because you were asking for a lot of canned foods, box cereals. Is that still happening where you're needing donations? Yes, and that that was a be careful what you ask for moment. We asked for you know first everything right, and then we made the mistake of of saying just one product. If you said water, and it went from we had every supply to fort bottled water overnight. I mean literally. 
And you were mentioning how people were donating from everywhere. Like from a guy from Germany set something from Amazon to get to you. Wow. Yes, this female sergeant that used to be stationed here had been watching the same things you been guys have been watching in the social media and did an Amazon delivery, almost like an Uber driver kind of guy, delivered supplies to us. I couldn't believe it, to the parking lot where we were. And then the other thing is you had you talked about uh, some I don't know how that's happened like a plane came from the Washington Redskins or or uh, Gibbs right you know racing I yes. mean, what was that all about so there was, they started this at RDU that which is Raleigh Durham it has its own airport and there's a private section that usually only see like the news stations and high end um, talent kind of guys that, that go over there so they started an operation airdrop. So when that happened, they were asking for groups like us to bring them certain items. Well, we were fast to bring them specific. If they said baby only, we brought baby only. And then they noticed our vehicles all looked military and the trailers. And next thing you know, they said, we need you to bring this one big one. And we can't tell you who it is until you're here. And you're going to go all the way out on the tarmac. And we're going to weigh all this stuff. And this big cargo trailer we have. So I get out there and I get on the back of this truck and we get over there and it was Joe Gibbs racing that, you know, over the top, looks like a military aircraft the size of it. And in fact, U.S. Customs landed right behind them and the U.S. Customs guys are all in their uniforms looking like Marines and no one was paying attention to them. Everybody was running over to the, you know, Joe Gibbs' plane. Every item had to be weighed. Every item had to be packed a certain way because there's seats in there. It's not a cargo. Um and that entire plane was filled to its weight capacity and then flew into the coast. When you turn on the news, did you ever hear any part of this story? I didn't. The only time I heard it is when Andy mentioned it on his website. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and to be honest, I'm like, you know, I realized that Andy was doing lots of things over the years. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I really hadn't gone to his website, which is where the communication is happening, or you get on a newsletter and I'm watching it every day, and I'm like, holy cow. I didn't even realize he was asking for all this help. And then you're sitting there and say, why didn't I know? And and, and the message has to get out yeah, that's because it. you have people like this, like yeah. Andy, around the country who are doing you know similar in nature. Andy's doing it on a grand scale, mm-hmm. but they need help from everyone to you know because they're willing. They have the volunteers. Mm-hmm. They need more volunteers, but of course they you know they can't do this on their own. Uh, they need you know donations from others, food, clothing, money, everything to kind of help. Uh, really, our fellow citizens. Right, right. So a couple thoughts there. Uh, so Andy, I mean, you, but. The, the the story of the Amazon going to the parking lot from Germany is truly it is amazing as Kevin says but but again you don't hear those stories in the mainstream news do you Andy No you don't and I and I will tell you so the media one of small media outlets showed up over there um, to the parking lot and they're seeing this and they can see stuff coming into us they're they're very aware and they're like how in the world do you're having very large national nonprofits dropping off for you for you to send out and you're sending stuff directly to the military that's in need. How is this? You're a smaller group. How are you doing this? They said, your logistics, everybody's bragging about you guys' logistics and what you're capable of doing. And I said, this is not a big skill set logistical thing. I said, I will show you how to do it. Guy walks over to me, and I said, hey, Marine. He's one of our Marines. 
get in that truck and take that there. That's how you do it. And the guy just start laughing. <laughs> Our group is very reactionary, and we just make it happen and don't sit there and just sit on something and wait. You go in. Go now. You know, Andy, it's called uh, I'm given orders and they follow the orders, right? It's a military thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <Come> go. <laughs> just go do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Let's go, man. But uh, listen, I love what what I get out of this so far. And I'm thrilled to hear this. It's really the the to me, it's the impact and the goodness of humanity. And there's so much of this out there that. It's why we do the show. That's what this is all about. So there's a lot more. I want to continue to touch on that after the break here. We pause a moment here and talk a little bit more about this and some other things you're doing. I want to get the connection back to ABC's Extreme Makeover Home Edition. That's an interesting show, by the way. Um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was it was fascinating if they're, they're not. Uh, building those homes and the kind of work they did. You know, I, I, in my earlier days too, through the agency, Kevin, I never told you, but I worked for Homes for Humanity for a bit there, helping them with the uh, building the homes and things, you know, and uh, cool organizations out there doing cool things. But again, the brink of greatness, friends, it's all back to making an impact in humanity, doing something good out there. Uh, I like what we're talking about here very clearly for a lot of reasons. It goes beyond this. There's a few areas we need to touch on, and, and we'll continue that with Andy Gladner and uh, yours truly and Kevin. We'll be back in just a moment here. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Andy, when you're doing some of the relief in the Carolina areas, I'm wondering now, because the initial core of the of the group, the U.S. Veterans Corps, the initial drive of it, as I understand it, was to help veterans out and, and really help our vets. But I'm asking you now, in the case of this Carolina thing, how does that go there? I'm trying to understand. You're not just out looking for just vets now with people who need it in Carolina. I mean, how does that impact your cause in these areas compared to the, you know what I'm saying, the vets? Yeah, so people always ask us that because the main three programs we have in our office uh, is, you know, based off of veterans and military, right? Okay. So these people say, well, what happens when you go out to disaster relief? Will you give them supplies? And I'm like, yes, it's no different than when we were on active duty. And after the war ended, we gave out humanitarian aid to our enemy. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it, and people it confuses people when the bullets stop. When you stop pulling the trigger, you, it goes straight to humanitarian aid. And we noticed that all of us that started this organization, we'd all been even in combat together, but we had had we'd all done humanitarian aid, and it seemed like we had more humanitarian aid wars awards on our uniform 
than we did the uh, Bang Bang ones. So um, I don't say no to the public because in the area that we're in, regardless, people don't realize when I just said those bases earlier in the show, three major bases on the East Coast that are the first strike bases. There are so many veterans in this area compared to like the state over. You would be shocked just mm-hmm. in the county alone that Kevin and I live in and mm-hmm. live in the, the one county mm-hmm. is, is over 100,000 probably at this point in wow. the whole triangle, which is a tri-city area. They think it's, you know, triple that. And they say for the state of North Carolina, there is 100 veteran. I mean, I'm scared. Excuse me. One million veterans. And that does not include active duty reserve and guard. And that is shocking for a state physically, you know, to look the size of it compared to a state like Texas is is astonishing. The more I hear about the Carolinas and the type of people there, the more impressive it is, quite frankly, with the both of you here throughout that whole area. There's something about those people that are really unique. And I've enjoyed uh, and, and the what I'm saying is the area has grown and expanded so much, as you just mentioned, the triangle area. We all know that so it was considered like a research triangle area of technology and ideas and robust business. And uh, it's very, very fascinating. You know, there are three points you mentioned in your mission. Let, let me get to that a moment here with you, with the uh, U.S. Veterans Corps. And, you know, we've been talking thus far about disaster relief. Uh, and so these are the three components of the work that Andy's doing. So, okay, so you've got disaster relief, uh, volunteers, and we just asked the big question. I wanted to know, is it just veterans or how does it? No, well, no, it's everybody, Malcolm, clearly. And that makes sense, people, you know, so it's volunteers and it's, it, Kevin, as you were saying, it's circulating all the supplies and all the things and people, very impressive, Andy, that people were saying earlier, like, okay, how do we, how, how do you distribute all this so effectively? And uh, and I could see you right out there, Andy. Say, over there, let's go, move it, move it there, over here. <laughs> it's called, you know, taking control of a situation is what it is, and be able to do something with it. But the other two big things here you got, we want to talk about: uh, building homes for wounded warriors, and then you have a food and toy drive for kids. Again, in a lot of this work and impacting uh, people's lives. I mean, this is uh, these things. Uh, truly make the difference for people because you know a, a lot of times people they're in that moment of need uh, whether it's a crisis situation or disaster relief or whether it's uh, again a home situation so we've covered disaster relief pretty well let's talk a minute Andy about uh, the homes for wounded warriors talk to me about that and if I rem- I could be wrong on this I'm not sure but we had another gentleman on another show and Kevin I need you to help me here with this but I think didn't they build a home for him yep Timothy Payne he was part of operation coming home tell us about that yeah. Kev. well if you want I think Andy should go through uh, because I went to Andy's operation center mm-hmm. and he took my wife and I through for about you know two hours and it was just so overwhelming how much that he, that he does and one area one wall was on Operation Coming Home, and, and Andy should probably take us through that because they've built a lot of homes, and um, I think uh, he could do more justice. So, Andy, sure. why don't you tell us about Operation Coming Home and what you do for the wounded uh, veterans? So, Operation Coming Home, like I'd said early in the program, we were the guys that did extreme makeover and habitat for years and said, why aren't we doing it for our own people? And so, we started building houses. If you're injured in combat operations, so I show this to Kevin and his wife, and they start seeing the heroes on the wall, and we start having discussions, and I started pointing them out 
this guy does this or he's done that. And I get to Staff Sergeant Timothy Payne. He lost his legs in Afghanistan, uh, double amputee. And this guy, that I know if you've heard from the program before, completely over the top to this day in sports, motivational speaking, uh, is on his third book. And, you know, he was our 10th recipient and we're on 18 right now. And you got to realize, too, that, you know, we tell people it's not a secret that, you know, when you get the keys to the house, that once they're in the house, um, they have a lot of highs and lows and they have to find themselves. And am I going to go to school and what am I going to do? And but Tim, right off the bat, just right out there, I'm going to make motivational videos. I'm going to publicly speak. I'm going to do Invicus Games, which he did and won gold. And I'm going to write more books, which he did. Everything he said he was going to do. Um and, and to me, what a success story of someone like that, one of our wounded warriors we've done this house for, that this guy, if you really think about it, you know, an, an infantry guy that goes into the military, that goes from that with really no college education and an infantry-style soldier that pushes himself to write three books is amazing. When you, the house thing, how, I mean, this made an, a big impact on this guy, Timothy Payne, obviously. Um, what was his, in your opinion, what was his overall sense when you did the home for him? What, what kind of a feeling did, did he get out of it and did you all get out of it? Well, I will tell you this from the very beginning. When we search these guys out, whether we go up to Walter Reed or if we find them through any kind of military units or friends, they, when we first approach them, they're just kind of like, whoa, who are you? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of when they first get injured. You know, are they looking at me like a used car salesman? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to convince them that, no, our program's completely for free. And it's all the vendors that give all their time and materials to make this happen. Yeah. Operation Coming Home is really not me. And it's actually really not Tim Payne. Mm-hmm. It's the community who did this, mm. who created this for, wow. for Tim and everyone after him. Yes. And so and he realized that. Yeah, and so the way you get the supplies and the volunteers, how does that happen? I mean, we we go in and I first we try to convince a builder to give up a lot inside of a neighborhood. Once that happens, and we select a builder just like we uh, select a wounded warrior. So Tim Payne was interviewed just like the builder was, and then they're selected. And when that happens, we have a vendor luncheon, and we bring all these vendors in and say we have this opportunity. Here's this guy, Staff Sergeant Tim Payne, that has sacrificed himself for our country and more. And would you like to be a pro- part of this project? And they all raise their hand. There's two or three. You, you could have two or three air conditioning units sitting on top of each other. When we show them the videos of the past one and the story of the future guys. And so every piece of that house has been donated the, from the concrete to every nail, all time and materials. So if you see this, if you know you ever seen a house being built or if you've been, you know, had a house built for yourself, that people know it's a a longer process and it's emotional. Imagine on that last day that you get the keys of the house that we parachuted into you and all the media is there and it's all the, there's either tanks or planes or something that's really cool. And even though that's happening and and he gets excited, that wounded warrior, we stop that ceremony right in the middle. And it turns into almost like a high school graduation that every vendor goes through, shakes the hand of that wounded warrior. He gives them a military coin that has a, the information of him and the builder on there. 
that's really cool. And every one of them get a plaque and they're all recognized that these guys are the ones who really created Operation Coming Home. So, so, let, so let me ask you another question. This is something that you shared with my wife and I. So when this kind of happened, of course, there was the housing downturn as you began Operation Coming Home. And you had mentioned to me something about those who helped and those who didn't. Uh, if you yes. remember that, could you tell me, share that story? <laughs> so people love to hear that it was the, 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 what was the Dur- Bull Durham moment. And of course it happens and we're in the Bull Durham area, right? Is if you build it, they will come. We took a risk on that first house because it was a turn of that. But at the time, there were so many builders that were in that and some builders are going to go away, right? The builders that were doing that project, if you watched, were actually increasing their sales during the downturn. And the ones that were that weren't a part of that, or Habitat, or Extreme Makeover, or any of them, are the ones that went away. I'm not saying that's what happened. You know, I don't want to be anybody to call me and go, yeah. "What?" Yeah. <laughs> but but it, there is a lot of irony in it. Yeah. So the ones who were helpful still are in operations. The ones who are not kind of disappeared i mean there's got to be something there i always think that you know if you help others right you get help back and i and when i hear that story i know people would say oh sure it's a coincidence no i don't think it's a coincidence i think it really does happen it's just for some reason when you're good to others they're good to you and yeah well they say what goes around comes around buddy you know yes and i and i actually believe it and and andy has more stories like that it's just Things aren't coincidences. They happen for a reason. Well, they happen for a reason. Um, I'll have to tell you. So, uh, Timothy, first of all, you say was the 10th out of 18 homes thus far, you say, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, let me tell folks now so they realize that, uh, I mean, Timothy's story is, and, and Andy, you know this, is incredibly impactful, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a page turner. It's... Um, this man and his story and what he gave up and what he went through. And he kind of knew his life was changing. And he was he was going to commit suicide many times over. He was going to take his life. He thought it was done. His point of impact was, well, it was twofold. One out on the battlefield when he laid there with no legs and an arm that looked like a chicken bone. And the other point of impact for him happened... Uh, you know, years later when he was going to commit suicide and almost was successful with it. And yet here's a man today who speaks as a professional speaker and who was out there living life to the fullest, never complains, never bitches and complains about things. Uh, he gets around more than people that have 10 legs, let alone no legs. Okay, so what the le- what do legs have to do with getting around? Probably not much when you've got a lot of attitude. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you what, Timothy Payne has a lot of attitude and it's all good, man. By the way, friends, you can, you can hear that show next week. Uh, Timothy Payne, you'll hear it next week. So after you hear this one here with Andy Ladner, you'll hear the show with Timothy and you can hear his whole story. It's very, very uplifting. And he gets into uh, a lot of different things, including his faith. His faith is a big part of who he is, what he went through, and where he is today. And it's a remarkable story. Well, I'll say when I first met him, what, what he probably won't say to, to you on the show that is, that is over the top. Most guys that are double amputees, they'll have a, you know, some sort of handicap band with the ramp and that type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they roll in, and it's automatic and that type of thing. 
he got rid of that, got a uh, Mercedes van where it sits up high. It's a four-wheel drive that he special ordered. Mm-hmm. He rolls up to the side of it. It's not an automatic door either. He opens the door. He rolls up to the side of it, hops in it. Now, I was saying when he's a double amputee with no prosthetics and he's cut very high. He's, his arms are bigger than my, you know, his arms are bigger than your legs. Mm-hmm. Jumps up in it and just yanks his wheelchair and throws it in there. He yeah. says the world is not handicapped. That's right. Accessible. And so what are I worried about? I'm going to make it happen. He drives around in that van. He calls it the Millennium Falcon. Meets a C-130. And when I first met him, he says to me, I am a different person now, which he'll talk about his faith on your show, that I don't think that you would have picked me as an individual before. And the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life was me being injured. He said that. Yeah. There's a guy who's taken it on front and center, as Andy says. He doesn't sit and cry about it, people. He took life on. This is what I love myself about people. I just, there's, there's a connection to people, and you get such a feeling. I mean, everybody that's listening right now has got to have that feeling in them. I know I have it. It's kind of a high. It's like, it's, how do I say it's It's like a drug, people. It's like a drug. When you see all of this, to me, anyways, this is me speaking now, but when you see all of this good and the kindness that comes out of this kind of a thing, and you see how uh, people really do care. And the thing I always say is there's so much good out there in the world, but nobody is talking about it. Kevin, I told you that when we first started talking, you and I. Yeah, and, and I just think that Andy, you know, the thing about it is, you know, although Andy, Andy wasn't injured like Timothy Payne was, mm-hmm. Andy has the desire to help people. I mean, you don't do this thing if you don't want to help people and make a difference. And I was just so overwhelmed by the amount of activity that he's doing all the time, coordination. I mean, he calls it easy logistics. Hey, just go do it, get it done. And they go do it because they're military people. But, you know, he's out there, you know, always trying to help, building, you know, being part of the operation of, you know, operation coming home. Like he said, they've done 17 homes. I think now they're building their 18th and they're interviewing candidates uh, for the 19th. Now, I know they were supposed to start on September 17th, but, you know, with Hurricane Florence, I'm not sure if that's still continuing. But, I mean, he's done not, he's looking for his 19th home and he has on the wall a plaque for each one of the individuals and their picture. And so there's stories behind each one of those individuals. And Andy's the driving force to help make that happen. Wow. And, and of course, Operation Coming Home is just one part of what Andy does. And, and we talked about the disaster recovery uh, earlier. But when I think about Andy, it's not, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Andy likes to talk, but actually, Andy likes to do. So he not just talk about doing something. He actually does it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so great about Andy. Yeah. What a journey. What a journey here with uh, Andy Ladner. Uh, friends, we're going to take a pause here a moment here and continue this operation coming home and uh, the Warriors. And also, I want to tell you about this toy program they're doing, which is another big, uh, big item of theirs, another big bullet. It's one of their three branches, if you will, into making an impact out there. And I, I, I want to know more about that as well, what they're doing there. So stay right there. We'll be back in just a moment here. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. 
news blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, we're back here on the brink of greatness. Friends, today it is Malcolm Out Loud here, here with Kevin Williams, and uh, we're talking with Andy Ladner. Uh, I love these stories, friend. It is the brink of greatness. I'm far better for an afternoon to talk about this than to talk about some of the plight of the, the dirty politicians or some of the other people out there. It's what I enjoy about all of this. Uh, you know, when I started talking to Kevin about this program, The Brink of Greatness, he had a passion to want to help people and to get the word out there. See, the thing is, we want to create awareness uh, about all the good things that are going on out there. And Andy, when we're talking to you, and you're saying like the people in Germany and all these supplies you got and everything else. But it reminds everybody, actually, how when there's a need out there, a real need. I mean, you've got to still be surprised when you see the way people react the way they react. I mean, aren't you moved by some of that, Andy? I'm actually surprised every time. <laughs> very moved, but I'm surprised every time you're like, you've been doing this for so many years. And why am I getting surprised every time that they do it? I, I guess I guess that. You just think that people are burnt out on certain things and they're not going to come that, you know, sometimes I've been a realist and then I can turn optimistic in two seconds on the first day of collecting supplies. Yeah. Well, now, we've, a, already, we've already been for four, four days. We've already been doing water rescues and everything else. Mm-hmm. First day of collecting supplies. I could not believe uh, how many cars were coming and dropping off things. Wow. It went from the, the moment of, uh-oh. Are we not going to have enough people to, uh-oh, I don't have enough trailers to put all the stuff in? What a good problem to have, man. What a good problem to have. All right, let's, let's talk about this other one. This, this, uh, I call it the third branch of what you're doing here. But the food and toy drive for the children. What's behind all that, buddy? So our food, um, we have all the rescue rug program. Uh, the VA sends uh, low-income families to us. Or um, it's a food pantry. Or we actually deliver to them. Or you'd be surprised that we've created it for military units. Um, if a unit's deployed, say it's a Marine unit, it's deployed, we can create a pantry back in the rear. Mm-hmm. So any kind of issues happen with pay or anything, the, the spouse can go over there and collect those very quickly. And the latest that's happened to us is four colleges in North Carolina, we created pantries for veterans on the GI Bill. And you're like, why did that happen? Um, because I was, it was brought to my attention that one of the colleges in North Carolina had seven veterans that graduated college last year that were on the GI Bill that were technically homeless. And that was shocking to me. So we do a great job of pulling a lot of people from the community. It's mostly civilians that do the drives for us, mostly civilian companies that do drives for us, real estate companies, building companies, uh, you know, stores, you name it schools, churches, um, and the toy program is basically kind of run the same way with the drives. Um, our toys, where we're friends with Toys for Tots, but most people don't know that Toys for Tots, uh, toys go really to civilians, even though it's run by the Marine Reserve and active duty Marines. Mm-hmm. Our toys are actually go to, um, to the military, low income and deployed. So Toys for Tots, um, we love those guys and they do a great job all over. Toys for Little Troops, our program, 
Um, we got in the Guinness Book of World Records two years ago for the largest toy drive in 24 hours. Yeah, I've seen Both. that somewhere. I've seen that uh, uh, Guinness Book. You, you actually got in the book then, uh, right? Well, what shocks people is when they find out we have a Guinness Book for toys mm-hmm. and food, and when they find out that we not only broke the record, we brought it back to the United States. Originally, the record for food was oh, held cool. in Canada, cool. and the one cool. and the one for toys was like held in Dubai. Oh yeah, all right, all right. Listen, I gotta, I it's, I gotta talk to you about something here. Now it's been a burning desire. Let's get, let's get real here. Where does all this passion come from? I mean, you're insane, buddy. You're, you're, you know, I, I mean, I had no idea it was this insane. You are insane. Where does all this passion come from? It ca- it comes from. Everything that happened around me from growing up to this point, that it was around me anywhere, anyway, and I had to recognize it was around me. And that's what, you know, the, the people don't realize that there's things that are going on around you constantly that if, you're, if, you, if you had your head down, it's never going to happen. The reason the food program exists, uh, all the way down to the one soldier I had, a, look, I get a phone call from battalion from a building over across that says, Sergeant Ladner, you got a new paratrooper. And right before they go hang up, this is in the 90s, by the way, he goes to hang up, I hear almost kind of a laugh. I'm like, oh, God, that means something's wrong with him. I walk around the corner, and the closer I got to that soldier, he has no rank. means he's a private, E1. He's holding a kid, and his wife next to him is pregnant. You're like, well, so what about that? If he was a single soldier, I would go, here's your meal card. There's the barracks. Go over there. I don't have to worry about him. When a guy is an E1, the lowest rank in the military, and has two kids, they qualify for food stamps and welfare immediately. And you're responsible for a soldier or Marine or whatever is the leaders in the military 24-7, not I have a job at you know whatever corporate America out there, and you only worry about that employee till 5 p.m., I have to worry about that family after hours. And I know immediately day one that I get this brand new soldier and he's going to be on welfare and WIC and food stamp, everything. That is why that we do these programs. All of our programs are based off the things that were missing at Fort Bragg and Camp Lejeune that we finally took the blinders off and opened our eyeballs. It's in my mind here, being a marketing guy and a, a guy that understands publicity and marketing and radio and all that stuff. But when you were doing the ABC Extreme Makeover, you were involved in that. How was you involved in that? Was You you were working on things there? So I was an employee of one of the Home Builders Associations in the area. And a lot of times they send us at locals. What people don't realize, whether it be Gary Sinise, Homes for Our Troops, mm-hmm. our Operation Coming Home, Operation Finally Home, any of those out there, they're all members of a local, state, and national home builders association. Okay. And a lot of times, multiple builders will be involved, and they always need a rep to go forward. The national rep couldn't go for some of them. I would end up going, and I was a membership marketing guy that was military and i would get sent to a lot of those and we'd bring a lot of military crews that have an engineer background to physically work on the houses or to do logistics anything you can imagine and for extreme makeover we did a wide range of you're going to do hammer and nails to we took over a kitchen and just ran the kitchen and you're talking you're talking what year roughly was that again i'm trying to put that in my mind with everything else that happened so the extreme maker the, that we're mostly is 2000s, early 2000s, yeah, all the way to the last house that we did, 
we were we had already started operation coming home and we got all the way between our second and third it might have been fourth probably between house three and four we finally the show was starting to wrap up okay. we couldn't yeah. do extreme makeover anymore because we were doing our own program and that was close to when the you know their program was going so, off the so air. that program doesn't play anymore yeah well, I'm, I think it does in syndication. Yeah, but and, uh, I mean, they don't do it anymore, though. It's not. There's no new ones. I'm saying, right? It doesn't play anymore. No. See, I and didn't I know that. You, Dave, no, and I will tell you a David and Goliath moment that uh, most people don't know. Okay. We have won six straight times in a row for the best community spirit in the nation. It's these big gold trophies like the Oscars at the National Home Builders. The very first time we ever won, we're a small group out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Extreme Makeover, the guys that we'd helped with the show and the production company were on the front row of about a 1,000 people in Las Vegas, big award show. We're in the back row, and there's three of us in tuxedos with camouflage hats that say Operation Coming Home, you know? And they said, the winner is from Raleigh, North Dakota, <laughs> and no one moved. And we're from North Carolina, of oh, course, no. right? Oh, no. And they said it again, and we're all staring at each other. And next thing you know, they, they went ahead. It was a video entry. They played the video. People were cheering, all this stuff, you know, just over the top. And when we were going to walk off the stage, the guys from Stream Recover recognized us that we had helped them with theirs. And they had that shocking what just happened moment. And we did that to them two years in a row. Oh, it was awesome. Wow, wow. I'm wondering, one of the things with an organization like yours, obviously needing donations, needing input, like you say, supplies when there's a, a, a crisis situation, a disaster, which you guys, one of your big branches out there that you deal with, um, but always needing, like you say, a door to open somewhere. And uh, maybe at some point, the blessing out of all this will be you'll be able to build some reserves for the organization. Uh, some reserves would be a real blessing to be able to get up over this thing so you can really see yourself forward, which makes a lot of sense, people. Uh, and I want to give you, we'll talk a little more here, but I'll give you their website now so you can go and do that. But it's uh, very simple. It's MyUSVC, V as in Victor, or V as in Veteran, uh, MyUSVC.com. Very simple, MyUSVC.com. We'll have all the links on AmericaOutloud.com, friends, so you can see them there. Uh, no question, or the brink of greatness. You'll, you'll catch it there as well. Now, the thing is, when there's a natural disaster like there was right now with Hurricane with the hurricane, it's it's more the fact that that's when people seem to come out and help, and they're ready to donate. But Andy's doing this every day, so when that disaster is, you know, relief is done, say for Andy, he's out there still getting food, you know, trying to help others, and the donations have to come in. So you know, it, it has to happen all the time. Andy's not just, you know, it's twenty four seven. Andy says when he goes on vacation or the family wants to go on a vacation, he's actually always has in mind there's got to be some operation associated with helping somebody along the way. And he said his wife would say, what do you mean? Why are we taking the Hummer with us again? He goes, well, along the way, there's a drop. I got to drop this on a, you know, a soldier that needs help. And so it's always associated with helping somebody. So he's 24-7 all the time helping. So it's that's unbelievable. Kev well, and unbelievable. Kevin, I told you he was insane. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> he is insane on helping. Exactly, exactly. If you've ever seen the movie uh, RV with Robin Williams, yeah. that is yeah. basically my every vacation. 
Yes. I like it. I, like, I, I mean, I got a grin from ear to ear here. You have to know. It's, uh, I just, this stuff is like, it's crazy. It's just, it's really awesome. I want to help you somehow. Kevin and I have got to continue to help you keep the word out there. And, you know, not, not the point of, like you just said, Kevin, not just when there's a moment or a disaster or something else, but to, um, to really get, uh, bring a, more awareness, Andy, is what I'm saying, more awareness, uh, something. Um, and with all these unique personalities you have involved and all the warriors who are, uh, that you're trying to compensate and assist, um, you know, to, to get them back up doing the things that they need to do in this life. Uh, we've got to draw attention to more of this. We have to get people aware of what's going on and the work you're doing and the amazing work you're doing to help people in need. I mean, this is really the brink of greatness totally. This is where it's at. And um, the, the whole timeline of the way you bought this story forward from the very, very beginning, getting to the point. Now, do you ever get to the point? I mean, you had to get to a point in your life Andy, where as you were doing some of this, I always call it the absurd moment because before you really get something that's like, like really like an aha moment, you know, you're almost asking yourself if you're out of your mind. I'm sure your wife has thought that about you more than once, but let's talk about <laughs> your moment. Do you have a question if you're, I mean, like if you're at the absurdity moment, like this is like really crazy? Oh, every day you have no idea. <laughs> and you'll say, when's that moment? Oh, it could be at you know, six o'clock in the morning, or it could be at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. People that that's what you don't realize when you do this, it is 24 seven. How can you find the balance? I know that like even the church that I go to and they want you to have what they call a calling to do things. Mm -hmm. And I finally got brave enough to speak back to say, if it's related to my job and I, that is the only way that it's worked out for me that any other kind of commitments that are in the world, including my kids in sports, anything you imagine, I say, I will do it if it's job related. And that's the only way I can keep my sanity. So if anybody else out there that has their own, you know, uh, this is like an entrepreneurship, you know, that you own your own thing. If your son is the mascot of school or on the football team and they have military appreciation game, then yes, I can pull soldiers from units and the Hummers and go out on the field with the flags and all that stuff because it's relatable. Hmm. That's the only way I'm involved, but I can't go stand there with the PTA and sell donuts. Hmm. <laughs> and I bet, I, bet you'll, I bet you'll even stand for the national anthem, buddy. Yes. <laughs> but that's another story for another day, but I couldn't resist, Kevin. I couldn't resist, I know. but, you know, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, it's like, it's, oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, you know, again, there's something about, patriotism and something about this that is just truly what the heartbeat of this country is this nation and amazing people that are here i am you know your calling andy is fantastic your story is amazing i want to really implore people to please check you out more on the website listen to the thing is you just listen to you a little bit and you can feel the authenticity in who you are you've not said one thing on this entire program that made me think otherwise that that you are the real thing everything about it and the way you've done it i i get a sense that is um very purposeful and very driven for all the right reasons which is really important today people when it comes to these kinds of exercises and assisting people to to do the kinds of things because you you got to keep it real got to keep it real and you got to be in it for the right reasons so go to myusvc.com myusvc united states veterans corps 
um, is where you want to go. And uh, and check it out more. It's got all kinds of stuff there. You'll see the programs and the branches I talked about here, which we discussed today uh, with you here. And uh, make a donation. I'm sure that, you know, it, it, it. listen, we can all give a little bit. And and when I say a little bit, you know what? Every 20 bucks helps people. Every 50 bucks helps. Every little bit helps when we do these kinds of things. It allows this organization to give a little bit more and do some other cool things and uh, Andy I want to certainly we want to help you all we can in the future I'd like to know more about even even like and I'm sure Kev will keep in touch with all this stuff but like when the houses are happening what's happened because some of those stories we can probably showcase and really talk about it help you market some of this potentially I mean because you're the work is significant and it should be showcased you know right you're- absolutely yeah, right. I mean, we should do it, Kev. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So anyways, Andy, thank you for uh, being here with us on the brink of greatness today with Kevin and I and sharing this with everybody. And I uh, applaud you, sir, for uh, um, all your efforts and uh, and your um, sanity and insanity <laughs> both, buddy. How's that? <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys very much. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Kev, uh, uh, I like the story here. I like what we're doing with Andy. I, I think it makes a lot of sense what he's doing, and it's a tremendous gift. And the fact that you took the tour through that place, some point I'll be up there, and I'll get the tour myself through his operation to see what's happening. But uh, these are the kinds of stories that we need to rally around and showcase. And it's really what the brink of greatness is all about here, friends. So uh, join us every weekend now, Saturday and Sunday. You'll get the live version of this at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, both days on Saturday and Sunday. You'll, you'll hear this show on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Um, and after that, that show will go to podcasts. You can get it on all the podcast networks worldwide. But you can hear us initially on iHeartRadio, many radio networks, and America Out Loud Talk Radio is how you do it. You get our apps on Apple or Android and uh, listen in there as well. All the connection points, by the way, are on the brinkofgreatness.com. Brinkofgreatness.com. Right, Kev? Absolutely where to find it yeah and there's all kinds of unique stories there that we put out on a regular basis kevin and i talk throughout the days and weeks and he's always on the lookout for great stories because at the end of the day we want to make an impact in, in humanity we want to make an impact people and that's what this show is all about but remember the brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back and uh, don't don't let anything hold you back friends remember to take the next leap forward